Coming up next, book and it reads, The Hammer of God. Hey everybody and welcome back to Booking It. I am your humble and eloquent host and today I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Isaiah Redsky. How you doing, Isaiah? Hello. I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. And by the way, if you detect a change in our voices, it's because... We have new microphones. I was about to say that, but yes. <laughs> I know. I wanted to beat you to it. Uh, you picked that very opportune moment. So anyway, <laughs> we have new microphones. Comment below if you like them better or let us know through text or whatever way you communicate with or us. Anyway. let us know if you don't even notice a change. That's right. They probably do. They probably do. Anyway. You never know. We're here. Uh, we're Summer Short Story, Episode 3, talking about G.K. Chesterton. Uh, his short story in the Father Brown short story serial, The Hammer of God. So, real fast, I don't know. Did you want to, did you have any baggage at all with Chesterton or with this story that you wanted to share? I think we'll talk a little after this about, like, CC short stories. Yeah, I don't really have anything besides that I had a read for school uh, two years ago. Yeah. So you didn't know who G.K. Chesterton was before this? Not a clue. Okay. Yeah. Still don't really know who he is that much either. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> really, I think people really remember him nowadays as, oh, C.S. Lewis liked him. Like, that's kind of uh... pretty much what he's remembered for. I mean... I think that he was like a Catholic, a little bit older version of C.S. Lewis in terms of like writing and speaking and stuff. But I don't think he's as like, uh, the- I don't think he's written as many theological works as C.S. Lewis and stuff like that. But anyway, he's pretty similar to him. And then I didn't really bring any baggage. I think I knew like the name, but didn't know much about him. And then after I read this story, I was like, oh, this is G.K. Chesterton, the guy who C.S. Lewis liked. Kind of something like that. Okay. Um. Anyway, like as I said, I think everybody knows this by now, but we had to read a lot of short stories, what was that, two years ago uh, mm-hmm. for our... Well, like uh, a year and a half ago, but yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough, fair enough. Um, but what, this is, I think this is one of my favorite short stories that we did for that year. Yeah, what do this you think? is definitely up there, yeah. I like that yeah. one, and then uh, Telltale Heart. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one's fun. Unfortunately, we did have to scratch that one, but maybe that'd be fun to talk about, like, behind the paywall, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we need the link to do that. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah. Also, I want to say one more thing before we get into like meaty discussion. So we're planning on having like a 50th episode celebration. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be like an hour long. We're going to have uh, a bunch of fun stuff going on. We're not going to talk about a book. We're just going to talk about the podcast and some fun stuff like that. And, and then also, basically, we want you guys to submit questions. So if you're a patron... Let's go ahead and, you know, message us on Patreon. But if you're not a patron, what you can do is you can either comment on one of our YouTube videos that we do every now and then <laughs> that we try to do. Um, or you can email us, and I'll leave our email. I'll leave that in the description, and you can email us questions. We'd really love to hear your questions just about the podcast, even about us if you want. We're really open. So it really could be anything about us mm-hmm. or anything off of what we do or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, I'm really excited for this thing. It's gonna be really awesome and really fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be called what is it? What, is, what did I say? Oh yes, the half centennial celebration. Yes, that's a pretty sweet name. It's pretty sweet. Uh, you'll probably hear on the podcast what I propose that the podcast be called. 
And let me say, it's not one of my better names, but the Half Centennial Celebration is it's a good name. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so let's go ahead and talk about short story. It's <laughs> a short story. Anyway, but first off, what do you think? I thought this is really good short story. It's written well. Um, it makes it where you kind of want to know more. Like, you don't really know exactly what happened. You're figuring <laughs> it out with the characters. That's a good point. Like, a lot of... I don't know. A lot of mystery novels seems like it's just a big exposition dump at the end. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have to like piece together the clues. But this one, you're like learning with the characters kind of yeah. about this. That's kind of fun. So you said yeah. that you really liked uh, the writing styles. Is there anything particular that you liked? Or you just um, could appreciate well, that it was well written? Well, I guess, well, first off, that it, I appreciate that it was well written. But also, like, it's not really in the style, but like, Oh, sort of is, but like with the part where you want to know more and you're learning with the character, like you want to know more right. what happened to it, yeah, stuff like that, and you have no clue what's happening. Like I said before, you mm-hmm. don't really know anything unless the characters learn it. And and it's a really good way he kind of like gets around having what's his name? Oh yeah, Wilfred. Like the the you know the, he kind of skips an hour and then Wilfred comes out and he doesn't really give you anything that happens in between yeah. those. But it, it it's a smooth transition. It's very smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'd like to say, like, not very many people who, like, write very well. Like, a lot of the classics, they're written very well. Like, we did To Kill a Mockingbird. It was an extremely well-written book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, it's not really a what, a page-turner, if you would if you call it that, right? That is true. But what I would say is this book is really well-written, but it's also a page-turner. And it's not, it's not just because it's a mystery novel. It's because it's, like, a good mystery as well they're a short story yeah. said novel but you know what i meant yeah it's really good i really really the first time that i read this short story what stood out to me was the description of the characters and here i'm gonna yeah I'm gonna read. they're they're a little bit lengthy they are for a short story which is kind of weird uh oh but, but real fast good. i want to read this funny line so i think that chesterton is really witty kind of like tolkien and so I want to read <laughs> want to read this quote. Uh, Colonel the Honorable Norman Bohan, his elder brother, was by no means devout, and was sitting in evening dress on the bench outside the Blue Boar, which is the inn, drinking with the philosophic observer, was free to regard either as his last glass on Tuesday or his first on Wednesday. The colonel was not particular. <laughs> like, that's just kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, this is just kind of showing off Chesterton's, like, British wit. Like, he, like I said earlier, he and Tolkien kind of have the same thing, where it's not like your Marvel type of funny, but it's just the really dry, witty, one-liner kind of, you know, humor mm-hmm. thrown in there, yeah. which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my dad went and saw, what's that, oh, the new the Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe Oh, movie. yeah, I saw that last night. Last night? Yeah, yeah. oh, we saw it last night, too? Yeah. That's fun. Well, anyway, we we went and saw it in, like... The funniest moment in there, which is not funny at all, is when someone like clears their throat and says "excuse me." Yeah, no. And like a scene, like that's the, and it's terrible. Yeah. But like the humor is, my dad laughed once or twice in there, and I was just kind of sitting there as a critic, shaking my head sadly. <laughs> and my dad's like, "That's humor." Like he does that when he laughs, and I don't. And the movie goes, "That's humor, Cooper." <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, but but like it was, I didn't, I couldn't even like academically appreciate it. I just say, okay, I didn't laugh, but like I appreciate that." Like I just, I appreciate this humor. Yeah, you know, like I, like I, I could, I could give a dry chuckle to this. You know, like a, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, kinda like, I, I kind of like did that, that a couple of times, but yeah, that movie. Well, the movie was good itself. 
It was definitely the best out of the G.I. Joe ones in character development, obviously. I mean, it's about a character. Well, that's not saying some that's not saying a lot. That is true. But I liked that one a lot. It was kind of bad in the humor sense. Yeah, for sure. That's another discussion. Maybe we'll talk about it when we do. Yeah, maybe later on. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, back to Chesterton. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Anyway, let me read the description now that I liked. Uh, here it is. Okay. This is talking about the uh, guy who gets killed, basically. Oh. His name's Wilfred. Oh, we should probably explain what this story is. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do it after I read this. Yeah. We'll do it after I read this. Okay. He was a tall, fine animal, elderly, but with hair still startlingly yellow. He would have looked merely blonde and leonine, but his blue eyes were sunk so deep into his face that they looked black. They were a little too close together. He had a very long yellow mustache, on each side of them a folder furrow from nostril to jaw, so that a sneer seemed cut into his face. Over his evening clothes, he wore a curious pale yellow coat that looked more like a very light dressing gown than an overcoat, and on the back of his head was a st- stuck an extraordinary broad-brimmed hat of a bright green color. Evidently some oriental curiosity caught up at random. He was proud of appearing in such incongruous attires, proud of the fact that he always made them look congruous. <laughs> That's kind of funny, too. <laughs> His brother, the curate, also had the yellow hair and the elegance, but he was buttoned up to the chin in black, and his face was clean-shaven, cultivated, and a little nervous. He seemed to live for nothing but his religion, but there were some who said, notably the blacksmith who was a Presbyterian, that it was the love of Gothic architecture rather than of God, and that his haunting of the church like a ghost was only another and purer turn of the almost morbid thirst for beauty, which sent his brother raging after women and wine. This charge was doubtful, while the man's practical piety was I've always struggled with this world. In- indubitable? I don't know why anybody would ever use that word. Anyway. <laughs> the man's practical piety was indubitable. Indeed, the change was mostly an ignorant misunderstanding of the love of solitude and secret prayer, and was founded on his being often found kneeling, not before the altar, but in peculiar places, in the crypts or gallery or even in the belfry. So sorry, that was kind of long. Yeah, that's but a what I liked long about description that, for a character in a short it is. story. <laughs> it is, but it really digs in hey it's better than snake eyes it's, but anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> well this is discussion for another episode but basically what i liked about it was the fact that it really really gives vivid imagery on what they look like and not even what they look like but who their character is by their description like it said that uh what was the other guy's name um norman i said that like was it a a his, uh, is it a smirk or a scorn or something was like cut into his face? Oh yeah, how his mustache was and made it look like he always had a smirk. Basically, right, right. Like that's 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 awesome. Yep. And then the other guy said that you know he was clean shaven and he seemed like almost nervous, you know, and stuff like that. I like that's just why. really good. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really good character development as well as good description and stuff like that. Like I think I guess Stephen King said it. But he said that everybody needs just one thing, one big description to, like, stick on somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Or one main thing. But Chesterton is kind of weird. He doesn't, like, he doesn't actually do that. He doesn't give you, like, the one detail that sticks out. He just gives you a lot of details. But they kind of all work. Like, at the very end, my favorite line in that was when he said, uh, the colonel was very fond of wearing incongruent attire, and it made it. He think like he thought it made him look. That he was proud of making it look congruent, or something like that. Hmm. Right, which hmm. is it's also funny, but it also elaborates more on the character yeah. as well. Yeah. Anyway, 
We probably should explain it now. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. All right. So basically, this story is about two brothers, Wilfred and totally just forgot his other brother's name. Norman. Yeah, Norman. That guy. Um, And, well, it's more about Wilfred, but uh, Wilfred is like supposed to be this like very godly person. He always prays all the time. Supposed to be sort of. Yeah, he's very pious. Yeah, that. Um, And his brother is supposed to be basically someone like just who is always drunk and doesn't really (laughs) do anything to help his life. Um, and the story basically starts out with introducing them, kind of like with the descriptions, like Cooper just gave one of them, uh, and then starts off with Wilfred talking to his brother about how one day, if he doesn't like repent of his sins and like stop drinking and actually turn to God, he's going to be struck by lightning from God or something like that. Uh, yeah, which is foreshadowing. Yeah that there wasn't lightning but yeah um (laughs) (laughs) yeah right it was the hammer of god yeah uh then wilford goes into the church and sees this dude is supposed to be like completely crazy and like doesn't really think straight or anything like that uh praying which kind of surprised them and then after that you don't really know what happens for an hour and a half then he wakes up hears that there's some like news or something he's got to go see outside uh or not wakes up like you kind of figure out what happens against Comes him. out of yeah. his trance. Yeah, yeah. that. Um, and then he goes outside and sees his brother uh, dead on the floor. But he wasn't really just, like, it, it was a very gruesome image, apparently. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. he he was wearing a, like, the, okay, the green hat he was wearing that he said was supposed to be, like, from armor or something like that. Or, like, some type of more it was it was like like, metal hat. It lined in steel. Yeah. It was lined in steel, yeah. yeah. Well, the hat got burst into bits uh his skull burst into bits and literally made marks in the floor yeah and then there was a teeny little hammer next to it so yeah i don't really know how that would work but yeah he found them dead with the bloody hammer next to him uh and then for yeah most of it they're trying to figure out who did it because he was dead in like the front yard of like the blacksmith or something like that right uh yes, yeah. he was going to see the blacksmith's wife. Yes, who, the blacksmith is out of town. Yeah, and then uh, they're talking about it, trying to figure out like who could do this because nobody had enough strength to be able to do that. And then you know the blacksmith somehow walks up magically; he's just there. You know, the only person who they thought could have done it just appears, basically. You know. Yeah, <laughs> he's walking home from something. Yeah, like what timing? They're talking about how the only person who could have done this is a blacksmith, and he just starts walking and then they see him walking down the street even though he's supposed to be out of town but uh then they're talking to the blacksmith and the blacksmith is basically proves to them why he couldn't have done it because he had many witnesses where he was the whole day um and then they're still trying to figure out who did it and then someone can't remember who it was said something about it being like how it, nobody has the strength to do this and don't I think that they said they thought it was like from God or something like that. I think that the blacksmith tried to convince them that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they still talk it over, trying to figure it out. And then discussion kind of just ends, and they're like going to talk about it later on, or the inspector is going to try and figure something out later, like figure out mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then Wilford and who was it? Uh, this one dude. I think he was like a priest or something, right? Oh, Father Brown. Yeah, Father yeah. Brown. Uh, so this is, it's just this is like one story in like the Father Brown short story yes. serial kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so Wilfred and Fra- Father Brown go into the uh, church, 
right? Yeah. Yeah. And Father Brown takes him up to basically the highest floor and onto the balcony over there and explains to him, like, basically tells him how he, 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 how he thinks his brother died because he was saying, like, if someone drops a hammer from here, even a small one, by the time it hits the ground, it'll be a devastating blow. Like, if I drop a pebble, it'll be almost like a bullet by the time it hits the ground because apparently they were that right. high up. So then he was saying, like, uh, you were the only one in the church or something like that, and then it kind of just cuts to another part where Wilfred is walking out of the church slowly or something like that, and it says, I give, help, uh, I give myself up, I killed my brother, and then it ends. Yeah. Yay. All right, so now, when we did uh, this short story, our curriculum gave us, like, this book with some, like, questions, some, like, thought deep, thought questions. So, Isaiah. Yeah, very deep. We're going to ask some of these, all right? Oh, yeah. Let's just pick one since we're trying to keep this short, all right? All right? I, so, I'm going to ask all five of them. It's okay. I'll just ask all five of them, and then well, I have you them just in pick front your of me. favorite. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, I'm going to read them out loud anyway for the listener. Okay. Is it hard for you to watch people who seem to face no consequences for their actions? How do you respond? How do you think people want life to be fair? What do you think of the blacksmith explanation? Was it consistent with the Bible? Is it different for God to use humans to deal out judgment and for men to play God? By the way, that Discuss. was two different questions. Letting you guys know. Yes. Right. Who is the greater sinner? Norman or Wilfred? Explain. Why did Father Brown let the murderer decide his own fate? Did he know what choice the murderer would make? If so... How? What is this story's point of view? How might the story be different if, for example, it was narrated in first person? Hmm. I like number one and number four, so I'm trying to figure out between those two. You want my opinion? Yeah, go ahead. Number one. Okay. So, Isaiah, is it hard for you to watch people who seem to face no consequences for their actions? How do you respond? And why do you think people want life to be fair? Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to watch people who, like, did something that I know was wrong and then them literally not getting any consequences or any punishment, nothing. Yeah, how I respond to that is sometimes I, I don't know, I get angry or say something. Most of the time I just kind of keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, 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 yeah, I get angry. <laughs> Isaiah gets angry. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Honestly, like I get really frustrated with these kind of people. Mm -hmm. Like these kind of people make me mad more than most. Oh yeah. Most anybody. And then, at some point, I'm just I just feel sad for them. I'm like, someday, you're gonna just get slapped in the face, metaphorically or physically, and you're not gonna know what to do. Or you're gonna just feel it, and yeah. you know. And I guess that should make me like more sympathetic or like try to help them, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I guess we got to answer the final part of it. Why do you think people want life to be fair? I mean, we understand that, like. My dad, my, as, as my dad likes to put it, the fair only comes once a year. <laughs> That's mainly when I, when I'm, yeah. But life, like, isn't fair, so, I don't know, get over it. Yeah, yeah it's never gonna be fair, but that could be why people want it to be fair, like, because, I, I mean, everyone wants to have an equal but chance. But why do people, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody just, they want to be everybody, equal. yeah. I guess. I don't really know how to explain I mean, and it. also, I I think that sometimes it can come out of something righteous. Like, you want to have justice or something like that, mm -hmm. but it leads too far. Yeah. And you're trying to make things too fair or something like that. 
<clears throat> I don't yeah. know. These thought questions are harder than I thought they would be. Huh. I got to laugh. That's good. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on the hammer of God? Uh, I don't think so. Let's do some donor shout-outs. Yeah. All righty. I say the patron, and you say a different uh, blacksmith tool. Uh-huh. All right. I don't know about many blacksmith tools. Sure you do. Sure. Be creative. All right. Nana. Nana. All right. Simple one. Hammer. Yes, sir. <laughs> Van Pappy and Wayla. Uh, let's go with the forge or whatever it's called. Yeah, preach, preacher. All right, <laughs> Mike and Sylvia, your grandparents. Uh, trying to remember what the other ones are. Anvil. Ah, no, that's a good one. Your parents, Mike and Laura. Bro, I'm running out of stuff. Sheer. Your uncle Sebby. Uh, what are other tools? Um, hang on. Let me get you one. Let me get one. Like those giant, the giant tongs that he uses. Remember? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what they're called. Are they actually just called giant tongs? For the sake of this podcast, they are. Say it. Okay. Giant tongs. We should totally leave all of that in. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Your aunt and uncle, Ginny and Sam. What is that thing called? What is it? The thingamabob. Uh, the thingamabob? I think it starts with a C. Uh, okay. Why don't you just start listing, like, I don't know, an apron? Chisel. Ah. Oh, yes. Chisel. That's, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Your cousin Moses. Bro, there's too many Patreons. Yeah, there are. That's uh, a good thing, though, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> It's easier when we have uh, more people on. Gloves. I don't know. I mean, they have I mean, to kind of yeah, use those he's, fireproof he's gloves. gloves. Yeah. Uh, your cousin Zara. Bro. I can think of one more fit. item. Coal. Coal? I don't know. <laughs> sure. 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 We're going with that. Chris Hagedon. That's not right, saying his name. <laughs> his apron. Oh. Yeah. The, Isn't that the such like a wild apron thing? thing. Yeah, an apron. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we have Anna. Uh, sorry, patrons. Uh, <laughs> iron. Nice. Wait. And yeah. Okay. Last but not least, actually, have you have you seen this new patron yet, Emily? Yeah, I've I've seen it. Oh yeah. I okay. Done a shout out for it or anything? Oh well, say congrats or yeah. Congrats for thanks. supporting the, the best podcast. Yeah. Or you could just say thanks. No, it's congrats because you can sleep right. at night now knowing that you're supporting us. No, I'm kidding. Right. We really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Um, Dang it, I need one other thing. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, you do. Hang on. I'm going to type it this out. in. Figuring it out. Hang on. I want to see. I'll type this in blacksmith tools. Um... Actually, here. Here's going. A flatter. There. Say it. Wait, what's the first one? A flatter. It's like... I guess flatter? It sounds like a kind of hammer that you kind of flatten. Okay. With. A flatter. No clue what a flatter is, but yeah. Yep. Just kind of know we the We hope name. you That's feel it. loved, patrons. But where can one <laughs> we feel really such a on love? This. Isaiah, where can one become a patron of such a great podcast? Well, you go to patreon.com forward slash booking it and donate to 
well, to get the shout out, you have to donate to any tier that's $5 and above. That's correct. We have all sorts of fun content. We have a really fun episode about me, Tanner, and Isaiah just talking about what we read recently. If you want to get like bonus episodes and all that, donate $10 more. We have really fun stuff. Anyway, yeah. we'll see you next week. Hang on. What are we talking about next week? Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. The Nightingale and the Rose. That'll be fun. Oh. Uh, anyway, we'll be back next week with that. Make sure to submit your questions. Um, we'll leave the email down below. Rate and review us, please. And until next time. Keep on booking it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.